So if you will today, grab your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Job, chapter number 2, and verse number 7. I uh, uh, came over here this morning and uh, was trying to just put together a Bible study, and uh, I thought I'll just put together a Bible study. It's going to be a small crowd. I don't even know if we'll have music and We'll pray, have a little Bible study. And I almost finished up the oneness of God because I'm itching to get into some other things, but we're going to finish up the oneness of God on Wednesday. Hopefully everybody's enjoying it. If you ain't enjoying it, I'm enjoying it and uh, having a good time with it. But we're going to jump into the new birth um, after this, and then we got some other things I feel be beneficial for the church. So come Wednesday, we'll finish up one God. Um, if we get through it quick enough, we may jump start into the new birth, but... Um, I got over here and began to pray, and I know I'm taking a moment, but I promise I'm not going to preach long today. I went and prayed for Sister Angela, and uh, I was telling her I'm getting long-winded, so I'm going to try to cut it back today, and you'll know why here in a second. I was over here praying, and uh, I felt the Lord leading me um, in a direction that I hadn't even thought about in years. I was a... um, just a young minister in my home church, and uh, I was going through one of the darkest times in my life um, for me and my wife, a trial, and uh, it was test of my faith. And in it, I, 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 the Lord never speaks to me through dreams or nothing like that. If, if I have a dream, it's, it's about turtles running around or something. It's weird stuff. I don't, I don't have spiritual dreams. And I had a dream about this story right here. And when I woke up, I felt like the Lord spoke to me and said, go look at that. There's something there for you. And and I I preached what I'm about to preach to you. I don't have the notes. That's why I was praying. And I felt to go go in this direction. And I thought, Lord, I don't even have the notes. I was just a young minister when I preached that. Uh, Let me save this, Lord, and preach it when everybody's here and everybody can hear it. And I'll get to study it out again and know where I'm going. And This is just the direction I felt. So I have no notes. I have one verse written down, Matthew 24 and 13. And other than that, we're just going to try to preach with inspiration of the Holy Ghost. And uh, hopefully I can help somebody today. I promise I won't hold you long. And uh, if you will, just help me out today. I know there's not a lot of people here today, but I'm going to do my best to deliver what I just, the direction I feel like the Lord pushing me. So Job chapter 2 and verse number 7, if you're there, say amen. The Bible says, so went Satan forth from the... Sorry, let's go back to, uh, we'll go back to verse 4. And Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin, yea, all that a man hath will he give for his flesh. But put forth thine hand now and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, he is in thine hand, but save his life. So went Satan forth from the presence of the Lord. And smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot unto his crown. And he took him a potsherd to scrape himself withal. And he sat down among the ashes. Then said his wife unto him, Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. But he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? Shall receive... We receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? And all this did not, sorry, and all this did not Job sin with his lips. 
Now when Job's three friends heard of all this evil that was come upon him, they came, everyone from his own place, Eliphaz, the Temanite, and Bildad, the Shuhite, and Zophar, the Namathite, for they had made an appointment together to come to mourn with him and to comfort him. Verse 9, Then said his wife unto him, Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. I want to preach today on the thought. I promise I won't be long, but I pray I can help somebody here today. I want to preach on the thought, the portrait of commitment. The portrait of commitment. I know that may not make a lick of sense, but I promise before I'm done, I'll try to make sense of it here today. So if you will, put your Bibles down. Pray for pastor. I'm, I'm preaching I'm preaching with no notes, just going off memory of what the Lord gave me as a, as a 24, 25-year-old young man. So if you will today, just help me pray here today. Lord, I ask you to anoint this service. Lord, you know everybody that's here, every need that may be in the house. God, I'm not able to preach your word on my own, but God, if you'll anoint this today, you can bless somebody and touch somebody. Let your word go forth and touch where it's supposed to touch and help where it's supposed to help. We ask you to bless us today in the precious name of Jesus. Church, say amen. Amen. You may be seated. Of all of the characters in the Bible, um, if there's any character in the Bible, I, I think that we, we misrepresent, we mischaracterize, and uh, we drag her through the mud. It's, it's Job's wife. If, if there's ever been a Bible character that we, we, we give no redemption to, it's, it's Job's wife. We, we read through the Bible and we can handle that Moses, or sorry, Abraham, we handle, we handle out that he, that he goes in with, with um, Hagar and, and gives birth to an Ishmael. And somehow or another we're able to, to sweep all that under the rug, under the blood, and say, you know what? Well, he's the father of many nations, and he's a great man, and we're able to redeem Abraham in our mind. And, and we can talk about David, and whenever I say David, the first thing that will come to somebody's mind is King David. And David was a mighty man and a warrior and killing Goliath. And uh, the greatest king, the man after God's own heart. But somehow or another we're able to rectify in our mind that David was, was yes, he was a murderer, and yes, he was adulterer, but we, we can sweep all that under the past, and we can look at the high points of David and say, what a great man that David was. David was amazing. David was awesome. He was, he was a mighty king, and we can, we can go through, and we can start talking about all the apostles, and we're, 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 we talk about Peter, and the first thing that comes to our mind is on the day of Pentecost, he stands up and says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and the promises unto you. And we think about Peter, we think about one of the greatest disciples, but flip back a few pages on the story of Peter, and he's denying Christ, and he's, he's cursing and saying, I never knew this man. And we're able to sweep all that under the rug and look at the high points and say, look, how great of a man that Peter was. I could go on. Paul was a murderer, but we think about him as one of the greatest apostles. But when I say the name Job's wife, we, we do not redeem Job's wife. We ne I've never heard a message where somebody got up and said, you know what, Job's wife wasn't all that bad. Anybody ever heard anybody defend Job's wife? No? You're about to hear it today. I, I was a young man. And, and, and I was 25 years old, 24 in that range. And uh, I, I, I'll never forget, I, I, was, 
I, I was doing everything I could. Anybody ever been there? You just want to please God. I, that was my greatest desire. I was a young man, and anything that I could be involved in, I was involved in. I, anything I could volunteer, I, 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 I did everything I knew to do in the church. I, I was the youth leader. I, I paid my tithes. I gave in the offering. If they needed a work day, I was going to be there. I, I was faithful. I, I, I tried to not give my pastor any problems. I, I, I just tried to be whatever God wanted me to be. I had a desire to, to be used by God. And, and I'll never forget uh, I told the story, and uh, when we, me and my wife, we decided we wanted to have children, and we went to the doctor because it was not happening, and my wife goes, and the doctor runs some tests, and he looks at my wife and tells her, he says, Mrs. Coffey, uh, with the issues in your body, you'll, you'll never have a child. It'll never happen. Uh, forget about it. And so me and my wife are coming back, and we're, we're, we're praying about it. We're holding on to promises. We felt like God had promised us we was going to have a child, and we're thinking, do we adopt? What do we do? This, this doesn't look good. Hang with me, I promise. I promise we're going to go somewhere today. And so, uh, I'll never forget the day standing there as my wife called me on the phone and told me, Jonathan, you'll never believe it. We're, we're expecting, we're going to have a child. And I remember the joy that hit me and I, my, my, my excitement. I'm, we're going to have a baby. Hallelujah. God is good. And I remember going to church. Everybody had been praying for us. Everybody knew that the coffees wanted to have a baby and the church was praying and the church was believing. And I, I'll never forget standing up and testifying in church and uh, lifting up my hands and getting excited and saying, church, the doctors told us we'll never have a baby, but guess what? We're blessed with a little baby on the way. We're going to have a baby. And the church rejoiced and clapped their hands and shouted and began to, 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 to rejoice because God had done what the doctors said was not going to happen. Life goes on and we was having some complications and some issues and I was going in to take my journeyman's test. I was going to take my, the, was the test. I was going to get my big raise. I was going to be a journeyman wireman and life was going to be good. Uh, it was everything we had been looking forward to and on the day I'm taking my test, I, I go in and I take the first portion of the test. My wife was going to the doctor so I went to my teacher and I said, hey, I know we can't have phones in here but um, if anything happens, I want to know. My wife's going in for some tests. There's been some complications. I put my phone on his desk. And he said, hey, I'll let you know if anything happens. And I, I take the first half, go up and check my phone. Nothing. Everything's okay. And I go back. I take the second portion of the test. And I'm sitting there. And I've got about five questions left to go. And all of a sudden, I feel a, a, a tap on my shoulder. And, and, and the teacher comes over and he says, hey, you might want to take this phone call. And I walk outside and pick up the phone and say, yes, this is Jonathan Coffey. And on the other side of the phone is a broken, crackling voice. As my wife is bawling her eyes out, says, honey, please get to the hospital. We just lost our baby. And I remember driving to the hospital and there... As I drove, I cried my eyes out all the way to the hospital because I, I was fighting within myself. God, I've been faithful. God, I've paid my tithes. God, I've given in the offering. God, if my pastor ever needed anybody, I was there. God, and I, I asked that question that sometimes we don't like to ask and we feel condemned for 
were asking. And it was the question of God, why me? That's something. Uh, I told somebody ever the other day that sometimes the enemy wants to condemn us for asking the question why, but Christ on the cross, uh, Jesus Himself said, my God, my God, why hast Thou forsaken me? Uh, it's not a sin to ask why. In, in life, there's sometimes uh, that we look up in God in our, in our humanity and we have to ask the question, God, why me? God, why do I have to go through this? God, uh, why is this put on my plate? Uh, and I remember battling back tears and, and, and going there and trying to be strong for my wife and trying to be that anchor for my wife as her world was cracking around her. And I, I, I began to feel weak and I began to feel uh, overcome in all of that. And I'll never forget, I would drive to the church one, two o'clock in the morning. I'd walk over to the front of the church. I know I've told this story, but just hang with me. I'd sit down on the front pew and I'd tell God I don't even know what to pray. I, I don't even... I don't even know what to say, God. I, I feel so broken. I feel like you failed me, God. I feel like you don't know where I'm at. And I'll, I'll never forget the night, I, I, like I said, God never uh, talks to me through dreams. And that's just not something I do. If I, if I feel direction, I pray. or I, It's in prayer. It's in the Word of God. I, I'm just not a... I'm not one of those guys that gets spoke through through dreams. My wife, she's had things in our in our ministry where she's dreamed them and they've come to pass. And my wife tells me she has a dream. I can usually write it down. Something's about to happen. But for me, it doesn't work that way. And I, I was laying sleeping one night. It was a Saturday night getting ready to go into Sunday morning. And I woke up in the middle of the night. And I was dreaming about Job's wife. And in my dream... Was you're looking at this all wrong. It's it, you're, you're, how you're telling the story, Jonathan, is all wrong. And I woke up and I wrote it down because I didn't want to miss it and I didn't want to forget it. So what I'm going to preach to you here today is as a 25-year-old man at the bottom, at the darkest point in my life, whenever I was asking God why, this is what the Lord laid on my heart. So I pray I can help somebody here today. You see, Job, Job's wife is somebody... That, 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 that we, we like to throw under the bus because she was one that, that didn't have any faith. And she was the one that looked at Job and said, Job, why don't you just curse God and die? Job, why don't you just give up on all this and throw in the towel? But what you have to understand is everything that happened to Job happened to Job's wife. We like to talk about Job's, Job lost all of his children and Job lost all of his finances and Job lost all of his crops. Uh, but guess what? Job's wife lost all of her children and Job's wife lost all of her crops and Job's wife lost all of her incomes. And so I begin to look back at this story of Job's wife and I begin to place myself in the eyes of Job's wife. Uh, I begin to look at the story not through the eyes of Job anymore, but look at the story through the eyes of of Job's wife and you pick up the story of Job's wife if you'll allow me just a little longitude and latitude with the story here today Job's wife I imagine you, you, you look back at the story and she's this young lady and she finds this man that she has decided I'm going to marry I'm going to marry Job and this Job it was everything to her it was her all in all that's the person that she was going to spend forever with. And uh, it, it, was, it was the high time. It was the joyous time. It was, it was that dating season. Everything looked good. Job was perfect. Job was great. And she walks onto the scene and finally she makes the commitment, yes, Job, let's get married. Yes, Job, I, I want to marry you. I begin to thank him. 
as she's standing there at the altar. Uh, I know they don't do it like we do it now, but they, she's standing there at the altar and she's looking uh, at this man that she's committed her life to and she begins to tell him uh, for better, for worse, for richer, for poor and goes down the line and tells him, I'm going uh, to spend forever with you. And I begin to think about us when we first come to God and we first uh, walk down to the altar. Does anybody remember the first time uh, when the Spirit of God began to touch you and you walked down to an altar uh, and you repented of your sins uh, and you lifted your hands in the air uh, and God filled you with the gift of the Holy Ghost uh, and you went down in a watery grave in the precious name of Jesus uh, I remember the night as a young boy uh, I remember standing there and telling God, God I'm going to serve you forever, uh, God I'm going to live for you forever uh, God I'm going to spend all my life serving you uh, and it's in those moments whenever uh, Amen. The first part, the first place of commitment uh, where you tell God, God, uh, amen, no matter what comes, I'm going to serve you. Uh, no matter what I face in life, God, uh, I'm going to serve you. Uh, God, I'm going to lift you up uh, and I'm going to praise you. Anybody remember those times in God uh, when you saw it, said, God, uh, whether it's mountains or it's valleys, I'm going to love you. Uh, whether it's high times or low times, uh, God, I'm committed to this. Uh, God, I signed on the dotted line. Uh, and God, I'm going to serve you forever today. Anybody remember those times in God? It's that first phase of coming to God. When you first walk in and God draws you. And you stand there and say, God, forever. I'll serve you forever. But you watch Job's wife. She's committed her life to this man by the name of Job. She's told Job... Hey, man, wherever you go, I'm going to go. I'm going I'm to be your wife. I'm going I'm to love you. I'm going to be the bride that you've called me to be. And Job's wife, she's going through life. She's standing there. And as she does, when you make that commitment to God, there's a blessing that comes with it. There's a blessing. I, I haven't seen too many people that come in off the streets walk into a Pentecostal church, put their life on the altar, and walk out, and their life is less blessed than it was before. Uh, I, I, maybe you've got people that can raise their hands and say, Pastor, my life got a lot worse after I came to church. But I, I, for me, for the most part, everybody I've seen come to church, they used to be addicted and now they're set free. And, and their life used to be broken, but now God's put it back together. And all of a sudden, they couldn't hold down a job and now they've got a job. And before, they was falling apart, but now God's blessed them. I, I don't know about you, but there's something about living for God uh, that, that, that there's just a blessing in this. It, it, it's just... It's just God's hand of favor on the life of, of somebody in the church. If for no other reason, that'd be enough right there. But on top of it, we serve a God that loves us. And we serve a God that cares about us. And He meets our needs. And He, he takes care of us. And He blesses us. And he, He's just a good God. And it's, it's easy to serve Him. And it's easy to love Him. But I've learned in life that if you live for God long enough and you stay married to Job long enough, allow me just to put it in this story's context, that, that there's going to come seasons in your life where trouble is going to knock on the door. There's going to come seasons where brokenness is going to knock on the door. And there's going to come seasons where pain and problems are going to knock on the door. And so, oh, Job's wife is standing there one day, 
And all of a sudden, she watches over the hill. Don't go home and look for it in the Bible. This ain't there that she was standing there. But I know she had to know what was going on as a servant runs over the hill and comes to Job. And she watches. And all of a sudden, the news travels back to her. Hey, Job, Job's wife, you just lost all your children. They're all dead. Now imagine any mother that had any love for her children. I imagine her life began to crack. I watched my life, my wife, a baby, she never even got to hold that it began to break her world and began, she began to crack under the pressure of losing a child. And all of a sudden, here comes the next servant coming over the hill and she begins to realize, I've lost my finances and I've lost everything. And we like to look at Job's wife and say, man, that woman, uh, what, what a loser. What, what a woman of lack of faith. What a woman that was such a hindrance. Uh, uh, she had nothing Nothing good to offer and we like to drag her name through the mud. But can I preach to you today that each and every one of us have been uh, in the same spot as Job's wife. Uh, each and every one of us somewhere in life have been through a place uh, where you look at the one that you committed your life to. Uh, where you look at God and say, God, why are we going through this? Uh, God, why are we having to face this? Uh, and she's standing there with the lack of a children. Uh, and she's standing there with the lack of finances and she's standing there with the lack of possessions everything has been stripped away from her uh, she's lost everything that she had uh, and all of a sudden she's now looking at the one that she had committed her life to uh, she's now looking at Job uh, as Job all of a sudden is falling apart uh, and all of a sudden it looks like Job is losing his strength uh, and it looks like Job is losing all of his power uh, and she looks at Job uh, and this was this is what I looked, woke up in the middle of the night uh, and I grabbed my Bible and here she looks at Job and she says, uh, uh, Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Uh, curse God and die. I grabbed my Strong's Concordance in the middle of the night. This is what I felt like the Lord impressed me to look up. I grabbed my Strong's Concordance when I woke up in the early morning. I reached over and I looked up that word curse. And, and, and I expected it to be a word of cursing and a word of, of negativity. But, but go home. If you've got a Bible app, get you, download a Strong's Concordance on your phone. Go to Job chapter 2 and click on that word curse. And when you click on that word curse, you'll realize it's the word Barak. word Barak has a connotation of cursing, but it also means to praise. It also has the meaning of 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 uh, it's one of the words that's a type of praise and i began to study this out a little little more and it was almost i began to read some scholars and begin to read some things i know there's sometimes you read you read commentaries and scholars and you got to eat the fish and spit out the bones because it's trinitarians giving you their take on the scripture and there's times you you, you have to just throw it out but i began to read and began to study and look this up and they say it was almost like in a sarcastic sense of what are you just going to keep praising god and die are you just going to praise god and die on me also are 
you going to curse God and die? Uh, it was the connotation behind it. Uh, and there's been times in my life where I've sat there uh, and I've looked at God and said, God, what are you going to do? Uh, God, are you going to die on me also? Uh, God, I've lost my family. I've lost my children. Uh, I've lost my health. I've lost my finances. Uh, I'm going through the trial of my life. Uh, and Job, I committed my life to you. Uh, Job, I said I'm going to give every part of me to you. Uh, and why are you going to die on me also? Uh, I'm preaching to somebody here today uh, that knows what it's like to commit your life uh, and say, God, uh, hey man, as a young child or however you may be, and I wish you would remember back uh, to the altar where you said, God, uh, I'm going to serve you forever. Uh, God, I'm going to live you forever. Uh, God, I'm going to give you my life. Uh, I'm going to give you my heart. I'm going to give you my soul. Uh, but now you're standing here years later uh, going through the trial of your life uh, and now you're looking at God saying God what uh, are you going to die on me also uh, God are you also going to walk away uh, and am I going to lose out on you uh, I come to preach to a Job's wife uh, that's here today maybe somebody that will listen uh, in the coming days uh, I'm preaching to a Job's wife uh, that everybody wants to tell you you don't got no faith uh, hey man Job doesn't love you why don't you throw in the towel and give up but I come to preach to somebody here today that it takes some commitment it takes somebody to say God I'm remembering back to when I was a young child I'm remembering back to the altar where I said God I'll serve you forever God there may be a lot of, a lot of water that's went under the bridge but God I know that you're not going to leave me God I know you'll never forsake me God until it all works out I'm just going to hold on and stay committed in the middle of the mess. Man, I know this is weird today, but I hope I help somebody. Matthew 24 and 13. But he that endure, that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. There's something about commitment. When you commit to something, it doesn't mean I'm committed as long as there's not trouble. And I'm, not, I'm committed as long as I'm never sick. And I'm committed as long as God answers every prayer. But commitment is somebody that says, you know what? I'm going to hold on. I'm going to stay faithful. If He heals me, I'm staying faithful. And if He doesn't heal me, I'm staying faithful. If He blesses my finances, I'm staying faithful. And if He doesn't bless my finances, I'm staying faithful. I believe there's some people here today that is committed. I stood in the hospital, Sister Angel, the other day, and she began to talk about her faith. It'd been easy to get down and say, man, everything's falling apart. But she was talking about the exciting. She got me talking for two hours about how excited I was about this church. Amen. It's got to be something that burns down on the inside of us that says, God, I'm committed to you. Amen. God, no matter what I go through, God, I'm holding on no matter what. I remember as I stood there, I was broken as a young man. I was asking God, God, why? Why me, God? Go pick on, go, go hand this to somebody else, God. Why? I'm, I'm faithful. I, I, I was reading a little list of all the things I'd done. God, I didn't deserve this. I didn't sign up for this, God. I signed up for, I signed up for blessings, and I signed up for all this. And I felt like the Lord was letting me know, 
No. You don't get a portrait of commitment unless you go through something. You don't get to see the blessings unless you go through something. I may have told this story here. If I didn't, my bishop used to always tell the same stories over the years, and so you'll probably get tired of hearing some of the same stories. But it was at that same point that my, my bishop got up, Elder Brother Van Loo, stood in the pulpit. He looked out and he prophesied. He said, there's going to be five young ladies. He pointed over to the young people. We all sat on the first three rows, young people. And he said, there's going to be five babies born out of wedlock if, if there's not repentance in this place. And nobody came to the altar. And nobody repented. And I watched. It didn't happen on the first night. It didn't happen on the second night. And it didn't happen within a year. But it was about, it was the same time that me and my wife was losing our child, that judgment was coming forth. And one, two, three, four, five, five of them hit. The word of the Lord came true. And I remember sitting there going to the altar and saying, God, God, their, 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 their judgment would be my blessing. Their curse would be, be a blessing to me and my wife. God, why, why are we going through this? And I felt like the Lord let me know, you better go back and you better remember from where I brought you from. You better remember the commitment you made as a young man. And I remember going to the church one night in the middle of the night. And I walked down to that altar and I lifted my hands. And I said, God, I'm about to die in the middle of this. But God, I want to come back and make some fresh commitments. And let you know, God, that what I said as a young boy at that altar praying to the Holy Ghost, God, I'm still going to hold on to it. I'm still going to stay faithful. You see, Job's wife, you start reading through the book of Job and if you want me to sit down I, I can prove to you that this wasn't a one day trial and a two day trial uh, this went on for some months and this went on uh, for some days this wasn't a, a short little stint uh, but this was somebody that said Job uh, I'm committed to you I want to know is there somebody here today uh, I'm not preaching about Job and Job's wife today uh, I'm preaching about me uh, and my commitment to God uh, and you and your commitment to God uh, is there somebody here today that said God uh, even though I may be going through it today uh, I'm going to stay committed to you today God uh, you see Job's wife she got to a place uh, you flip through there she says my uh, Job, Job, Job said it he said my wife's breath uh, it stinketh uh, I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing the scripture but that lets me know uh, that she stayed close enough to Job uh, that they still was together uh, they were still side by side uh, is there somebody here today that says God uh, even though I may be going through the trial of my life I'm still going to stay as close as I can today to you God even though I may be going through trials today God I'm going to stay as close and committed to you as I can today so you watch Job's wife I look at her life in these three phases first phase is that phase of commitment everything's good then you've got the season of trouble, that second phase. It's that phase of, uh, uh, of the valley of the shadow of death. And I've watched a lot of people, I've watched a ton of people that are good in this phase right here. This phase is easy to live for God. It's easy to live for God when it's blessings and God's setting you free and God's lifting you up and God's putting everything together. That phase is easy. But I've watched in this second phase. I've watched a lot of people get bitter in this phase. 
I've got to watch a lot of people throwing the towel in phase two. I've watched a lot of people say, you know what, God, I, I'm giving up. I, I, I can't do this any longer, God. And throwing the towel on phase two. But there's something I see. Because the story doesn't end there. Because we like to talk about the blessings of Job at the end. But guess what? Job's wife was right there at the end, right along with him. I read the end of the story, and Job's wife has double the children. And Job's wife has double the livestock. And Job's wife has double the finances. And I'm not coming here today to preach a, 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 a materialistic message. I'm not talking about serving God for the blessings. And, hey, stay in this and God will make you rich. And preach a Joel Osteen message here today. I'm, that's not what I came to do. But I, I, I do want to preach to somebody here today uh, that when somebody makes up in their mind and say, God, I'm going to stay committed. Uh, I'm going to endure until the end. Uh, there's something about it. When the Bible says, Job said, when he tried me, I, I shall come forth as pure gold. Uh, amen. I come to encourage somebody today that's in the middle of the fire, uh, that's in the middle of the trouble. Uh, don't give up God in the middle. Uh, don't throw in the towel in the middle. Uh, don't, don't, don't tell God, I, I, I can't do it in the middle uh, but somebody just needs to wrap their arm around God uh, and say God I'm going to stay committed uh, until you bring me out on the other side uh, until I, you bring me forth as pure gold uh, until I can turn around and say he was with me uh, in phase one and he was with me in phase two uh, but God I'm going to stay faithful uh, until I get where the blessing is today it's the portrait of commitment you see, if you, if you told me a character in the Bible, if you said, hey, give me one character in the Bible that exemplifies commitment. If I'd have passed this mic around before service, I bet you there'd probably been people that said Abraham. and There'd probably be people that would have said Peter. And there'd been a lot of people that would have given me out a lot of Bible characters. Nobody here today would have said Job's wife. Nobody here today... Would have, would have said, hey, pastor, I know a character that when I think of commitment, I think of, I think of Job's wife. But if you ask me who I th see when I think of commitment, if you told me to paint the picture of commitment, I'd paint a picture of Job's wife. You see, I liked to paint when I was a, a teenager. I took every art class I could. And I learned something about painting. When you start a painting and you start to lay the layers on there, it's sloppy and it's messy and it don't look all together in the first phase and as you begin to start adding some texture and adding some things uh, it can look real messy but when you get to the end of a painting uh, all of a sudden all the colors come together and all the pictures begin to make sense uh, and when you get to the end it's something beautiful that you would hang on your wall what are you saying pastor uh, hey man that's why I titled this today the portrait of commitment because you see uh, there's sometimes the enemy likes to stand on your shoulder and say why don't you look at your picture right now uh, hey, you ain't nothing that's committed 
it. Uh, your picture's a mess. Your portrait is messy. It, it looks undone and it looks haphazard. Uh, amen. But you know what commitment is? Uh, commitment is somebody that says, you know what? Uh, whether I'm in the first phase, uh, whether I'm in the second phase, uh, or until I'm in the third phase, uh, I'm just going to stay committed to the process. Uh, I'm going to stay committed to the painting. Uh, he who begun a good work in me uh, will complete it. Uh, you got to get that kind of mentality that says, you know what? Uh, God started the project uh, and God's going to finish the project. Uh, God began the story of my life uh, and God's going to finish the story of my life. Uh, I need a Job's wife here today that says, you know what, Pastor? Uh, I may not have it all together today. Uh, I may feel broken. Uh, I may be looking at God and saying, God, why me? Uh, but I come to encourage you today. Uh, hold on. Uh, because that's what the portrait of commitment is. Uh, it's not somebody that's got it all together. Uh, it's not somebody that's never cried their eyes out. Uh, but it's somebody that just said, God, uh, until you bring me through it, uh, I'm going to complete it. Uh, I'm going to stay faithful to you today. I'm almost done. Sister Angela, if you don't mind helping me out here today. Bible. Wish I'd written it down. It just came to me as I was standing here. There's a verse in the Bible. Somebody can maybe help me out. I think it's in Matthew. Bible. I believe it's Jesus that says, He says, No man that intends to build a tower sets, doesn't set down first and count the cost. Anybody, everybody know the verse I'm referring? He said, Nobody that goes to build a tower sets down first and counts the cost. Doesn't count the cost. Lest after he's begun the building of that project, after he started the building and he's not able to complete it, people are going to walk by and mock saying he, he didn't count the cost. He didn't look at, at what it would take to finish the project. As I stand in here today, this verse is coming to my mind, I begin to think God himself said that. Jesus manifested in the flesh. God manifested in the flesh. Be here Wednesday. We'll finish up the oneness of God. Jesus said, nobody goes to build a tower. Nobody starts a project unless they went down and sat down, counted the cost, and said, this is what it's going to take to finish the project. Can I tell you here today, when God started the project of your life, and we stepped on the scene and we breathed our first breath, God knew what it would take to finish that work. God knew what it would take to complete that. See, God, God knows the end from the beginning. God knew all the messes we would make. God knew all the trouble we would face in our life. God knew all the hurt we would go through. But when He started the project, when God stood there on the other side of you, Job's wife, and said, yep, I'm going to fill you with my spirit. Yep, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be your God. Yep, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna love you and cherish you. You're gonna be my bride. He, when he started the project of our life, he sat down and he counted the cost on each and every one of us. And he's got what it takes to finish the project. He's got what it takes to get us across those streets of gold in those gates of pearl. The Bible says he's rich in mercy. He, he, he's strong. He's got all power. He's got whatever it takes to finish the project of your life. But it just takes somebody that says, you know what, God? I'm going to stay committed. God, I may be going through the valley of the shadow of death right now, but God, 
I know you're right beside me. God, I made a commitment to you and said I'll serve you forever, God. I'll love you forever. God, right now I'm wondering where you're at. But today on a Sunday afternoon, God, I want to come back and say, God, I'm just going to serve you forever. God, I'm going to stay faithful to you forever. God, I know that you're going to bring me out. But God, until I get there, I want to stay as the portrait of commitment today. As we stand over this house. I know this ain't one. Anybody's going to want to go home and say, man, pastor preached today. But I pray I can help somebody. I, I don't know who I'm preaching here to here today. Maybe it's somebody that's going to, that ain't here that's going to watch this today. But I'm preaching to somebody here today that you know what it's like to stand in church. And you're standing in the season of your life. You're well past the phase where you committed to God and said, God, I'll serve you forever. But now you're standing there in the valley. You're standing there in the darkness. And you're wondering, God, where are you at? God, do you know where, God, are you, God, are you going to die on me also? God, are you going to leave me in my, my, my trouble? My life feels like it's falling apart. God, are you going to leave me alone also? Can I tell you here today, God will never leave you. God will never walk away. Job never walked away. Job stood there. There's times Job looked at his wife and said, you speak as a foolish woman. God, God blesses and God, God goes through all that. God, God, sorry, there's the verse. It says, shall we, what, shall we receive good at the hand of God? And shall we not receive evil and all this to Job not sin with his lips? I'm preaching to a Job's wife here today. The enemy wants to tap you on the shoulder and say, just because, just because you, you're, you're going through it. Just because you're wondering where God's at and you don't feel like you're on top of your game, why don't you just throw in the towel and walk away and give up? I come to encourage somebody they know. On a Sunday afternoon, it's time for somebody to walk back to the altar, lift their hands and say, you know what, God, I'm just going to serve you forever. God, if you work my situation out, I'll praise you. If I get to the other side and it's double the cattle and double the children, I'm going to praise you. But God, if I get to the other side and there's not another blessing, God, you've done too much for me to, to throw in the towel now. God, you've been too good for me to quit serving you now. God, I just want to be committed to you and serve you forever. I wonder today, I'm done preaching. I pray I've made sense here today. I, preaching without notes and trying to remember back a story the Lord gave me almost seven, eight years ago now. But I pray I've been able to minister to somebody here today that's standing there looking at God saying, God, do you know where I'm at today? God, do you understand what I'm going through? God, it's been a while since I felt your hand reach down and touch me. It's been a while since I've just lifted my hands and felt your presence surround me. I want you to know today, church, He's still there. He still loves us. He still cares for us. He's still painting the picture of your commitment. He just needs somebody that says, you know what, it may be messy right now. It may be broken right now, but God, I'm going to stay committed to the process. God, when you've tried me, I'm going to come forth as pure gold. I'm not going to hop out of the fire. I'm not going to give up. I close with this. You can take a lump of coal and put it under immense pressure. Am I right? Anybody know their, 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 whatever you want to call that, science, 
You can take a lump of coal, right, Brother Andrew? Your geology. You can take a lump of coal, correct? And under immense pressure, out of that dirty piece of coal, you can make a diamond. Am I right? It's, I know it takes immense pressure. It ain't something you can go home and set a book, an encyclopedia on top of it. But when it gets done, that piece of coal can be a diamond. Something beautiful. Something magnificent. Something when you had the lump of coal, you wouldn't have paid five bucks for it. But somebody will pay thousands and thousands of dollars for a diamond. You know what the only difference is between the lump of coal and the diamond? That piece of coal stayed in the process. That piece of coal said, you know what? The pressure may be great and it may hurt. But I know when I get on the other side, God's going to make something beautiful out. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm trying to help a saint of God here today that's in the middle of the pressure. And the enemy says, look at yourself. You're just a dirty piece of coal. You're not valuable. You're nothing. Why don't you just give in and get out of the process? Your life would be easier if you didn't do all this. But I come to preach to a Job's wife today. I come to preach to a good saint of God. Somebody today just needs to say, you know what, God? I'm going to stay in the process. I'm going to stay in the pressure. I'm going to stay in the middle of this and let you bring forth what you want out of me. Somebody today needs to understand God's not done. God hasn't rejected me. I may be in the pressure, but He's making a portrait of commitment out of my life here today. I wonder as I close, why don't we do this? If you want to come to the altar, you can. I know it's been a different service and we're missing people and it'd be easy just to Send everybody home today and just have a little prayer for a second. But that's fine if you want to pray in your pew. But I wonder if Sister Angela begins to play. If we couldn't lift our hands all over this place. I know I haven't preached to everybody. I may not even preach to anybody in this building. Maybe it's somebody that's going to listen later. But somebody here today needs to lift their hands and say, God, I'm going to stay committed in the process. God, everybody else may look at me and say, that's just a Job's wife. She ain't valuable. That's just that old brother sitting over there, that brother sitting over there, that sister over there, that sister so-and-so. They're nothing valuable, but I come to tell you today that Job's wife was somebody special. Job's wife was somebody that gave us a picture of somebody that said, I'm just going to stay committed. I'm going to stay in the process. I'm going to stay faithful to God, and I'm going to let God work it all out here today. I wonder as, as we close this out, if we couldn't lift our hands and just begin to talk to God and say, God, I'm going to make some commitments again. I'm coming back to that, that altar again today and letting you know, God, I'm not going anywhere. God, I may have lost everything, but God, I'm staying committed. God, I need you more than anything today. I need your touch. I need your mercy. Amen. We, we, can we just pray for just a minute? Can we just come back to that altar of commitment again and say, God, I'm in it for the long haul. He that endureth until the end, the same is going to be saved. That lets me know if I'm going to get to the end, I'm going to have to endure some things. I'm going to have to go through the pressure if I'm ever going to be the diamond. Come on, Saint of God, you're more than a lump of coal. You're a diamond in the making. You're a diamond in the rough today. You're, you're, a, you're, you're something God's got a plan for, but you've got to stay committed. Can you help me pray today? Can we lift our hands and just talk to God today? And make some commitments and say, God, the portrait may look messy today. The portrait may be all dirty and the paint may be smeared. But I know you're working it all out. I know you're making something beautiful. I'm staying in the process. Can we pray today, church? Can we love Him today?
God, I commit to you. God, take me back to that place where I first made some commitments. Take me back to where I first prayed in that altar and told you, God, I'll do it forever. I'll love you forever. God, the enemy says give in. The enemy says throw in the towel. But God, I'm coming to tie a knot in the rope and hang on today. Come on. We've thrown Job's wife under the bus, but Job's wife is me and you today. We've been there, every one of us. But we've said, God, why? God, do you know where I'm at? I came to encourage you today. Just because you're Job's wife doesn't mean you're a failure. It just means you're a mess in the making of a miracle. It just means you're somebody that's going through the process of commitment today. Come on. Come on, how's it going to end with you? You're going to end like those that threw in the towel and walked away and went back to the beggarly elements of the world. Are you going to be one of those that can stand and testify and let somebody else know 20 years from now, brother, I was going through it, but I held on and God brought me through it. Sister, I was going through it, but I held on and God brought me through it. Come on. Come on, let's pray for just a moment today and make some fresh commitments. Let him know, God, I'm, I'm going to do this forever. I'm going to love you forever. I'm not going back. But God, I'm going to be like Job's wife. And I'm going to be standing with you at the end. Come on, let's pray.